Hey, what's going on, everyone? You got the 7-2 Mindset Investor here with, again, my weekly show, The Pick My Brain Show. I created this show because, as you can imagine, I get inundated, I kid you not, with about 20 requests a day. Hey, Mark, can I pick your brain? Hey, Mark, can I pick your brain? Hey, Mark, can I pick your brain? And not to mention the kids saying, hey, Dad, I need this. My stepson saying, I need this. My dog. Okay, so I just decided to create a, a platform that I could bring aspiring real estate investors, mindset investors, and so forth that could come on this platform and literally pick my brains. So I'm not prepared for any of their questions. We've got two, actually, sorry, three amazing guests on today. We got a, a brother connection coming on. We got an amazing, amazing occupational therapist coming on. Can't wait for it. But number two is I wanted to create a platform for others. I believe everybody deserves a chance. I know how hard it is in social media. People are out there and they're buying followers. They're doing all this ridiculous stuff. I want to give people a platform on my channel where they can actually introduce themselves saying, hey, I've been on Mark's show before. And remember, folks, it's not who you know, but who knows you. So now I'm going to bring in my amazing guests. But first, I got to play a little video. Okay, folks. So, so we got we Elizabeth and we got Kunal and Karin on the show. Welcome. Hey, guys. Hey guys. Morning. morning. Morning, morning, morning. So um, I have to do some mental exercise this morning. I feel like my brain's going to be stretched a bit, just a little bit more. So uh, Elizabeth, you want to introduce yourself, please? Yeah. So I'm Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth Landman. I'm an occupational therapist in Kitchener. I work full time and I recently got interested actually I shouldn't say recently, many years ago, I got interested in real estate investing uh, with the intention of eventually doing um, buy and holds for retirement. Mm -hmm. And a, a friend of mine recently got into another um, group, Cashflow Tribe, and he started feeding me information on how to do these things sooner to increase my cash flow. And that's why I'm here. Awesome. Thanks, Elizabeth. And, you know, thank you uh, for your Service as well right now, I'm sure it's really tough in the healthcare industry. I mean, I've been in healthcare myself, um, so I can only imagine if I, if I if I remember correctly, you're an occupational therapist, but there are for some challenged uh, adult or is it children or adults. I can't remember exactly. I work in inpatient mental health. There so we go. Mental health, and it's essentially people with um, long-term chronic mental illness, so schizophrenia, yeah. things like that. Wow. So it's wow. been a challenge this year for sure. Well, God bless you. That that's tough. So you know, thank you so much for that. Thank you, Kunal and Karin. Hey, hey yeah. guys. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity, Mark. Yeah, no I'm problem. Karan, Karan, do the introduction here. <laughs> He's really good at it. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, so both Kunal and I came to Canada as you know students, and then we came here for university. And after doing our education and you know working for some years and kind of just climbing up the corporate ladder. Yep. We ended up saving some money for our first primary residence, and then we pretty much used all of our savings and everything we could do to buy our primary residence. But after, you know, once we got the primary residence, we just thought there must be a better way to buy houses. Like, there, there needs to be a better way. So that's when we got introduced into real estate investing. And, you know, uh, late last year, we started diving deep, more deep into this. We started taking mentors. We started educating ourselves, going to webinars because we really wanted to know what we are getting into. Sure. Right? So we did uh, spent a lot of time in education and, you know, starting February, we started raising capital. And right now we're on track to uh, close three deals within the next uh, couple of months. So we feel we're on, on the right track. Fantastic. Awesome. 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 So what I'll do is I'm going to put, uh, I'm going to bring Elizabeth on here and uh, I have to start getting ready to go do some stretches here. So let's go. <laughs> All right, Mark. So I know that you used to work in healthcare as a respiratory therapist. That's right. Many years ago. Yep. Okay. So as a former healthcare professional, and maybe you didn't do that before you jumped into real estate. So correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. What made you decide to get into real estate investing and where did you start? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So, I mean, I, I, I was an, a respiratory therapist. This is going back. I graduated in 1999. I literally worked in the hospital setting in my field for three months. So my student loan repayment lasted longer than my career as a respiratory therapist. 
okay? Uh, which is the sad truth for most people. Um, and so, and the reason why I made that change was, is I was really excited about it, but I could not handle the institutionalized aspect of, of, of things. When people are telling me there's a code blue, meaning someone's heart stopped, and I would run to every single code because I wanted to help people and serve people. And people say, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Someone else will be there. Um, oh, yeah, I saw a lot. I, I got written up. I almost got uh, fired because uh, in the emergency department, um, the nurses were, were scrambling, really busy. And there was an old woman that needed her bedpan changed. So I, I went in and I assisted her changing her bedpan. Um, I was working night shift at 6.30 in the morning. The manager called me in his office and I was going to get written up for changing a, someone's bedpan um, because it looked, it made our profession. It, that wasn't what we had to do. And it wasn't part of our scope. So at that point I said, this is bullshit. Like I can't like, and that, that was just my own experience, mm -hmm. but it was, it was actually enlightening because of how institutionalized it was. And that was back in 1999, uh, 2000. So what happened was, is I actually got an opportunity to get into medical sales. So in that uh, talk about chance, I then got into medical sales, high ticket sales. And I did that since uh, 1999. So like right after in that in a little, little space there. And I'd gotten high ticket sales and I've done high ticket sales since then. And the high ticket sales I've done is with, with uh, you know, I've done it for um, medical device companies. I've done it for uh, real estate companies and so forth. Um, and uh, so how I got into real estate investing, um, I've always believed in the power of real estate investing, but it was almost one of those things where you just, I, I just knew in my gut, something's not right with my current relationship. And I just thought it was just going to be, wasn't going to be a good idea at the time. Um, but then when my marriage breakdown happened and so forth, uh, still going on, um, I actually had hit rock bottom. Um, so, and when I hit rock bottom, I, I was seeing like my legal bills in excess of, you know, I think closer to $200,000. My net worth was completely disseminated. There was money stolen from accounts. It was just one thing after another. I was literally on my knees. And I said, how, to, how do I get back very quickly on my feet? And it was real estate investing. So what I did was is I, do, I did what most real estate investors do. Um, they feel they don't need mentorship. They feel they could do it on their own. They could watch a couple of YouTube videos and they got it. Well, I was one of those mofos. Mm -hmm. And I actually call it, I actually call this term, it's called a dare. A dare is a dumbass real estate investor. So what I did was I quickly went aggressively and I was able to purchase four properties within eight months. But that was all by myself. And what I would do is I would, I didn't, my return on time absolutely sucked because I'd be working my day job in medical device sales, quickly come home, eat, and then go jump in some joggers that are ripped full of paint and then go work at these properties to get them going for, for, to get them ready to get put in the market. And all that did was it simply magnified or amplified my, uh, my burnout. So, and I said, there has to be a better way because now the banks are saying you can't get any more mortgages. And I'm looking people around me and I got like 50 properties. I got hundred properties. I didn't know there was a whole other world that existed outside of buy and hold and flips. Cause I thought that was all, all there was on HGTV was that. Mm -hmm. um, so it wasn't until then I said, I need to get in, I need to get in better rooms. Um, I, I need to be the dumbest person in the room. Um, and uh, so that's what I did. Uh, and so I got into mentorship. So I got into mentorship and then I got into more mentorship. Um, so since 2000 and late 2020 to today, uh, I have probably invested close to $225,000 into mentorship. And my goal is to invest $1 million into my personal development. So I gave you the whole story, but that's how I got into real estate investing. But it wasn't, I, I, I got into it but it wasn't sustainable. It wasn't sustainable. My health was, was being sacrificed. My time with my family was being sacrificed. It wasn't worth it. I'm like, how come on Instagram, these people are like driving, they're so happy and they're all flexing and that kind of stuff. Quickly realized that no one talks about the, the other issues when it comes to real estate investing. Right. Is that helpful? That's very helpful. Yeah. So that's my story for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. Yeah. It's, um, 
I feel like I thought there was only one route to going about this as well. Yeah. And it's the last few months have really opened my eyes. So um, thank you for sharing your story because that's similar to what I've been hearing as well from other people. Yeah. And clearly finding somebody who knows what they're doing is the right way to go. Absolutely. And Elizabeth, the one thing, the one, the one piece of advice I will provide is one needs to understand why they're getting in real estate in the first place. Why are they getting in real estate investing in the first place? I mean, it's not all kumbaya and things like that. I mean, I've had tenants destroy places. I've had tenants to say, I'm not paying rent. It's COVID. I don't have to pay rent because that's what the government says. Um, and so no one prepares you for this stuff. So you, that's why I'm, I'm a firm believer that you have to really invest in your brain because that's what's going to give you the stamina. Um, and I think also people have to understand when they're determining their why, and it's a great exercise by Dean Graziosi, seven levels deep to determine your why, um, because that becomes your compass. Because I came to realize that the intrinsic value of money for me is the control I have over time. And when my anxiety creeps up, when my stress creeps up is when I'm losing control over my time. So anyways, that's uh hope that helps. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So I'm going to bring uh, Kunal and Karan on. Hey, so uh, Mark, uh, yeah, our question to you is uh, with us being real estate investors, there are going to be things coming up initially with the city, with the tenants and with property managers. And then, you know, yeah, they can be stressful as you said. So, how, how do you develop a solution-driven mindset? Uh, I mean, yeah, we need to get it done, but sometimes we're like, what is this, right? So, yeah, that's that's my uh, question to you. Yeah, that's um, there's many ways I can take that question, and I appreciate the question, guys. We have to build that mental stamina. This is this, uh, Entrepreneurship is a lonely world. No one gives a shit. Mm -hmm. And the more you make the more of a target you have on your head. That's it. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's very important to get in a room with like-minded individuals that get it. You know, it's like Alcoholic Anonymous. You can only get in that room to get help because there's been other people in that same room. They get it. They understand your pain. Um, and there's going to be a lot of naysayers. A lot of naysayers. 99% are going to be naysayers. You got the 1% that are going to say, I understand. I get mm -hmm. it. Okay. So that's the first thing. The second thing you have to really look at is it, is it, it's, it, this is where it's discipline. You have to ask yourself, is it really worth it? Is it really worth it? Because again, the control over time. Three is, uh, is really, if you can't do it yourself, then hire the best or, or contract it out. So if you want to mitigate tenant stress, hire a great person to vet the right tenants. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you can mitigate a lot of that anxiety by putting a few dollars up front. That's mm -hmm. going to be a hell of a lot cheaper than waiting and figuring out yourself. Um, so um, it's, it's the investment one has to give in themselves. And that's why I'm, I'm and, and you know what? And yes, I'm a big proponent of mentorship, but mentorship doesn't have to mean you have to, you have to go drop five figures to join a room. It could just be going to meetups. It could be doing things like this. It could be networking. It could be reading books. Um, so there's a lot of things you have to do, but you have to continue pushing forward because the resistance is too easy to push one back and saying, give up, give up. A little whisper in your ear. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is it worth it? So these are some things. So for me, um, I'll give you an example. Um, we had, a, we had a, a flip where our contractor stole money from us. Didn't show up. My old self, if I didn't invest in myself and being in a right room, I would have lost my shit, probably gone into his house and probably lost it. Okay? My, my, my Indian temper, I'll call it that. Okay. But instead I'm like, okay, he's done this. What do we do now? I can't do nothing about it. It's not like the guy's going to come back and saying, here, take your $30,000 back. It's okay. Let's just shake your hands. He's done. So all I have to do is I have to assume that, hey, this has happened. Real estate investing is investing. It's a risk. I buy a stock today, there's a risk it can go up, there's a risk it can go down. Okay, so my advice to you guys is to mitigate all that is getting in the right room and hiring people out. Um, our team our team has uh, numerous questions on different things with some of the paperwork, the deal, like how to flow it through, 
um, organizing and that kind of stuff. I said, I said to the ladies, I said, we're just going to hire someone and we're, we're paying, we're going to pay $350 an hour. And some people may say, why would you pay that much money? Because paying $350 an hour is going to be a hell of a lot cheaper than spending $10,000 in the future. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, the mindset piece is understanding that you have to get to the who's and forget about the how don't worry about it don't worry about it like don't worry about the how and my recommendation is one of my favorite books actually i just did a youtube video on it it's who not how by dr benjamin hardy and dan sullivan uh highly highly recommend that book it's going to be a, a game changer for you so now everything i do is i look at who who can do it okay mm-hmm. And how you also have to assess that because part of that assessment too, guys, is going to be um, the the time because a lot of our, our scarcity mindset is going to kick in saying, well, I can just figure it out myself. Um, and so I, I look at that all the time. I look at my return on time all the time. And I also have done an estimate what my time is worth because I've invested so much in, in mentorship. I've invested so much. Now I'm up to you know $220,000 in, in, in paying to invest in myself. Two weeks ago, someone wanted an hour of my time. It was $300. Now someone wants an hour of my time. It's $500. So if I, my time is worth $500 an hour and I have to cut the grass, which is probably a, a, a 50 or $30 job. I'm only devaluing myself because I could be making that much more. Mm-hmm. So that's how you have to change your mindset. Is that helpful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Very helpful. Thanks, Mark. Okay. Awesome. I'll bring Elizabeth back on here. Hey. Hey there. So I listened to you say this um, thing about your value in time. And when I was working for a different company before I got into the hospital, I did that constantly. I was working um, in the private sector, doing auto insurance claims, essentially. And the company I was working for was able to bill a significant amount of money. And I was getting paid a significant amount less. And because I was working from home, I began to look at how much my time was actually worth. And I would say, well, I could be doing this or I could be making this much money doing this. And it was constantly a compare and contrast and it was burning me out. Which yes. is why I moved to the hospital because it's like, I come to work, I do my job, I love my job. Yeah. I get to come home and at the end of the day, I'm making X amount of dollars, but I know I have the potential to make more. Yeah. And so um, so that's where I, where I'm coming in from this today. It's I have the brains to be able to learn this stuff. I have perfectionist personality, which you and I had talked about once before, and I get stuck in this analysis paralysis. Mm -hmm. So where I'm starting now, um, I've just refinanced my condo in order to get access to my equity. Nice. And while I'm learning the ropes on what direction to go, I've decided to do some private lending to a friend of mine who's also doing real estate investing. Nice. And so, you know, I've been thinking about the different avenues I could take next. I know there's wholesaling. I know there's buy and holds. Like, you know, I could continue to do private lending by accessing other people's money and then giving Mm -hmm. it to other people. Mm -hmm. But I just, I'm stuck on where to start. Sure. And I would love to see myself and this might be a smaller goal relative to some other people, but even in the next year, be able to have two to $5,000 per month of extra income because I do plan on keeping my job. I just want to be able to do my job because I love it and not because I need the money. Right. Um, so where would you suggest starting mm-hmm. to earn that amount of income? And then obviously as I get more experienced and learn more and get sure. more confident in my knowledge, I'll, I'll scale it up. Absolutely. So you're, you're in an interesting position because you love what you do. Mm-hmm. Most people I speak, they're, they're in a dead end job and they feel they can't get out. They're tethered to it and there's no option because that's all they, right? So for you, if, if, if that number is $5,000, do you feel okay? Because I'm, I'm not going to let you go $2,000. I'm going to say, let's go to $5,000, right? Because, um, you know, as Tony Robbins says, I think it was Tony Robbins says, if you set your goals too low, and of course, it's a paraphrasing, when you set your goals too low, and you hit them, that is failure. But if you set them too high and you miss, that is going to be your that's going to be your success, right? So that's why I aim. So if you aim for five thousand dollars, then you have to ask yourself, okay, what can I do now? I have to look at my return on time, which is something you're assessing. 
So you can go back and you can say, okay, well, I'm gonna take this money and I'm gonna go buy, do a buy and hold. Well, in this marketplace, look how expensive houses are right now. Um, and it's not, as it, it, much as, as many people are saying, well, a, bur a bubble's coming. We'll keep on waiting. They've been talking about a bubble bursting since 2013. Okay, and when it happens, it happens. And then you simply have to pivot and adapt. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for $5,000 a month, you have to ask yourself, if I go the route of buying, if I go the route of buy and hold, and my cash flow is only $200 a month, how many properties do I need to get to $5,000 a month? Okay, that's the first thing. Yeah. People may say, well, Mark, that's fine because I'm going to do a burr. Okay, do your burr. But now you, you do a burr, the cost of that property has now increased. Now you're going to be negative based on that current rent. So are you okay with negative cash flow knowing that you pulled out twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 to each of their own? Some people are good with that because they look at it, they, they pulled that twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 out, they bought it by twelve, and then they got that extra money that they want to get to. Right. Each own, right? So one really has to look at the quickest way they can get to that number, which is $5,000. So in your case, it could be depending on how much you're lending out because lending is going to be the easiest, most passive way. You can be laying on a beach and just lending money. That's what Bank of Canada does. And then that's how the bank makes the money. They basically take Bank of Canada, whatever it is sitting at, and then they lend it out at one and a half percent. They're making that spread. So you can do that as well. So it's going to be dependent on what you have. But again, it's going to be all compounded because as you do that lending, you're going to have more coming back and then you can redeploy it. Okay. Other things that you can do as well. Other things that you can do as well, I believe, is is partnering with someone that does flips. Okay. And I think in your, 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 your thing, because it's active business, because there's active business, there's a passive business. What you can do on the active side is that's going to be your quickest way to get to that money. So what you can do is if you have the money, which you do, you're going to come in as the money partner. And now this is going on YouTube. So prepare, brace yourself. Everybody's going to say, Hey, can we get your money? Can we get your money? Okay. That's a whole other topic in itself, but take that and partner with someone that's doing flips and has a track record of doing flips. And by doing that, what you're doing is you're putting your money at work and then you can do a split on the equity after expenses. So if you do a flip and let's just say you make $40,000, well, you do a split and now you got $20,000. Now, if you do three or four of those in a year and you just basically take that and recycle it over a year, you're going to hit that $5,000 a month. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's helpful because it, yeah, I don't, I, I the thought of wholesaling, mm -hmm. which you had mentioned once before in another call. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not into sending out flyers, going and knocking on doors and that kind of thing. I just don't mm -hmm. have, I don't have the time because yep. I'm working full time. Right. So the partnering with somebody seems like a really good idea to me. Um, and I think that would be a good way to go. But again, it's knowing who and and what their track record is. So do you have any advice on how to get that information from sure. them quickly, like looking at their history over time, if I'm not super familiar with people in the industry right away? Yeah, absolutely. So, so wholesaling is interesting because when I got into this, my ego said, I'm not doing wholesaling. I'm not knocking on doors. I wear $6,000 suits. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm a wholesaler now. One of my businesses is wholesaling. We wholesale off-market apartments. And why that was important is because we needed that active income right away. So that's going to be your quickest way on return of time. Mm -hmm. But how do we how do we do so without me having to do the things I don't want to be doing? Well, I partnered. I partnered. So we do the we do the legwork, we do all that, we do the money aspect. And then our partners take a 30 to 50% split on it. So now we're able to scale because we can have multiples happening at the same time. So the question is, is who do you partner with? My first thing I say is my first uh, prerequisite. If a person is not willing to invest in themselves, they don't deserve my investment. That's the first thing I say. Well, what do you mean? That's not fair. No, it is fair because I want to do business with people I know, like, and trust where the trust factor comes in. And I'm, I'm not saying everybody that's invest themselves is going to be the Pope and be mother Teresa. You have to do your due diligence. But what I would do is have that, you know, getting people in the right room and, and a great way of doing it is in your mentorship group. 
in your mentorship group? I mean, I'm, I'm blessed. I mean, I'm in the council, which is a mentorship group. Uh, you know, uh, Corey McKinnon was one of my previous coaches. Um, I can go to any of those groups and I, I, I forge an immediate bond with people because everybody's in a like-minded space. Um, and we all have the same goals of, of retirement or financial independence and so forth. And that's going to be a good place of doing it. And that's where a lot of deal flow happens. And I, I talked about this, I believe, on the call we had last time, uh, Elizabeth, on the group call. But a great book I highly recommend for yourself, Elizabeth, this would be very helpful for you, uh, is going to be Money People Deal by the late Stefan Arnio. Mm -hmm. For where you at, are at, that's exactly the book you should be using. Okay. And um, so it's all about that. And, um, and I think once you start entering in those rooms and let people know what you're doing, but remember, you have the power because you have the money. Okay. So it's like, it's like, uh, it's like uh, you know, trying to use an example here without me getting slapped here, but it's like dating. If you want, you're, look, you're on the hunt, you have the power type of thing, right? You could say no. You could say no, right? So same thing here. So that thing. So do your homework. And then when you do your homework about that, like, don't be, the fact is you, you're bringing something that someone else doesn't have. So you have every right to ask every single question. What's our track record doing flips? Do they have references? Can I see your work? Show me the numbers. Well, here's napkin math. No, no, no. Don't show me the napkin. Show me. I want to see start to finish. If they can't disclose that, you know they're a train wreck because they lack organization. And if you're a perfectionist, that's going to drive you absolutely insane. It would for sure. <laughs> right. So there's that. Um, so yeah. So this is, is this helpful for you? Very much so. Yes. Yeah. And I and, wrote down the name of that book uh, when you talked about it the other day. I just haven't ordered it yet, but it, it's it's one of my favorite ones because it just Stefan just makes it so simple. And now, anytime a, anytime a, we're looking at deals, we always look at the the triangle and we look at what two elements are we bringing to the table because the third just comes. Mm -hmm. So with our business, we bring the money and we bring the deal. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. People come fast. <laughs> right now, I just have the money, so I need to. to but add. that's that's powerful in itself. That is extremely powerful in itself, because that's what people are. are that's a resource people need. For sure. Okay. Cool. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. No problem. I'm bringing Kudal and Karn back on here. Hey, yeah. So. Uh, 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 we were just listening to uh, uh, Elizabeth and you talking and money people deal like great book, you know, changed my mindset altogether. Uh, my question to you is now, now that we are reaching a level and with Ontario prices just going up, we are looking at other provinces. Yeah. Uh, New Brunswick, New Brunswick is one, Moncton mainly. Uh, how do you get started with out of province investing? How do you, I mean, you need to have foots on ground, but we do not really have anyone over there right now. So what's the best way to get started with out-of-province investing? Yeah, uh, we'll do an exercise right here. How's that sound? Okay, sure. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. Yeah, what's up? Do, you know, do you know anybody you can recommend that's investing out in New Brunswick? And can you connect me? No problem. I will connect you. See, the folk, it's all about who, not how. So if you have identified a target, then you rely on the people that you've connected with. See, the beauty is the beauty is between yourself, your brother, and Elizabeth. Um, oh, one second here. My camera went dark for a second, and I don't know why. One second here. My apologies here. One second. That's the first time that's happened. One second here. I'll be right back. <laughs> Yeah, anybody watching this, if you're investing in New Brunswick or Saskatchewan, and then, uh, you know, just, just reach out to Karan and myself, and uh, we'll love to chat to you guys about it. I'm sure you guys can still hear me in the meantime? Correct. Okay, cool. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a couple uh, changes here, but I'm going to answer your question in the meantime. If folks are wondering what the hell happened, mm -hmm. I'll be back. Okay, so... Um, to answer your question there, so if you're looking to uh, to meet with people and you want to um, 
connect people. It's just finding out who the who's are in those provinces. That's what we do. I mean, we, we're taking down a 29 unit building right now in Alberta. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and so by doing that, um, let me see if this works for you guys. There we go. How's that for you guys? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. My camera just died on me. So there we go. Um, so that's what you want to do, right? So uh, we, but the thing is we invest heavily with our relationships with people that we're fostering relationships out without in Alberta, for example, that's how we're able to do. So that's the key thing. So if you're looking at New Brunswick specifically, and again, it's going to be dependent on your strategy you want to go for. If you're looking for, you just want looking for off market deals, I'll connect with my boy, Sean. And he's, 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 he's the king out there in Moncton. And all we have to do is say, Hey, my name is Canal. Mark said to connect with you. He'll take good care of you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you're looking for flips, well, then you can see how that works. So you can tell whoever you're connecting with is saying, I'm looking at doing flips. Do you know any contractors? Mark, do you know any contractors in Moncton? Yes, I do. <laughs> okay. Right? Yeah, for sure. My, my job is to connect you. Mm-hmm. The rest is up to you guys. And I, and I tell people, don't sue my ass, do your own due diligence. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Thanks, Mark. No problem. Hey. <laughs> Hello. So um, thinking about investing out of province, I have thought about that as well. I like I've got family in Alberta. I've mm-hmm. got connections out east, but I also want to go bigger than that eventually and invest overseas. Okay. So I, I scuba dive and I love, love, love Grand Cayman. And I would love to be able to buy a property there and eventually make it a rental and just have it like, or a short-term rental and have it available for when I go there. Yeah. So I think if I'm not mistaken, you guys bought a property in Belize. Yeah, we have, and we're, we're looking at buying more, so yeah. Okay, so what's the process with that if you don't necessarily have those connections established in those places already? Right, um, okay, so uh, let me ref- let me clarify that. So we bought land is what we've done okay, for the purpose of development. Um, so what, what's the process of going through there? So again, every country is gonna be very different. So it's really understanding the rules. Can you buy property if you're a non-resident? Mm-hmm. Some say no, and some will say absolutely, but we've just increased the price by 40%. So what's going to be critical is, is under, like what I would actually do is there's different groups. There's realtors that focus on, on Caribbean, like different pro, different countries and that kind of stuff. And really understand it because they understand that. You're going to have to talk to, you know, talk to your accountant. Your accountant, if your own accountant doesn't know, ask them if they can connect you with someone else. There's a mass... Lots of information out there. It's about finding the right information. So in our case, what we did was our our partner is already investing out there. So for us, it was about speed because uh, he's already gone through all that and he knows what's required and what's not required. So when it was connecting with the who's. The next thing you can do as well is finding out who else is investing in Grand Cayman. I'm sure there's lots of Canadians that do that. Now it's a question of finding out who they are and when you do that, there could be an opportunity to sit down with them, could be an opportunity to even partner with them. So then you get in the door. The third thing that you can do by partnering with someone like that is they can mentor you at the same time of how the process works. So you're giving up a piece of the watermelon, but now you're going to get the whole the whole farm type of thing. Okay. So that's the way I would do that. So how do we do that? Okay. So ways to do that. Um, you can either just hire someone to start looking, you know, who's investing out there. You could throw it out there on social media is a great place. Um, you know, social media is fantastic for finding out information. Just put someone to work to find it. Um, and in fact, what I'll do myself is offline. I'll ask my partners because if we're already doing some work out there, they may very well know that who else is investing out in Grand Cayman. Hey, I just, you don't know, right? Until I ask. Yeah. And the, the cool thing is, is they may not know, but someone they are connected with may know. The people that we're doing work with in Belize that are in Belize that are brokering the deals and this kind of stuff, they may well very well know who's doing that there. Perhaps they're doing it themselves. And the question has never been asked. Right. Okay. 
So thinking about that too, um, I'm not sure what the intention of your properties are in Belize, but with the current travel bans the way they are and the, and the isolation rules and all of that stuff, do you think it's wise to start looking into that kind of thing now or waiting to see what happens with this pandemic? I think my, this is how I operate. Just go for it. Do it. There's always going to be something that's going to come up. Mm-hmm. Always, always, you know, oh, like there's always going to be something that could come in a way to slow us down from achieving what we want to achieve. Don't let it, don't let it be. Now, if it's completely catastrophic where people are saying, well, you know, like there's something else going on. That's a different story. Like, Hey, don't invest in Grand Cayman because they found out that it's all the water's full of lead and all the properties are going down. So you have to do diligence. But if you're thinking in terms of COVID, if you're thinking about lockdowns and so forth, I mean, you you look at the real estate market, the way it is right now during COVID, who'd have predicted that? Not me. (laughs) No one, no one. I mean, people have had a heyday, right? So I think you cannot let the noise outside because it's a lot of what ifs, what ifs, what ifs on the negative side. And you got to look at it as what if I do this and it works out well for me. And remember one thing too, Elizabeth is real estate is one of the most forgiving investments. You really have to be really like reckless to lose everything. People are investing in crypto right now and they're putting their life savings and they're losing their life savings overnight. That's reckless. Mm -hmm. People are also doubling their life savings. That's reckless. So real estate is forgiving that way, but you need to know the rules out of, out of country. Okay. Okay. Thank you. No problem. Gentlemen. Hey, Hey, uh, yeah, yeah just one thing. continuing on the Belize thing was uh, I know Sean Ria is doing a lot of stuff over there as well. So w- what strategy are you using? Are you developing uh, uh, like resorts uh, or, or, or I know a lot of people are doing a VTB over there. So you hold a mortgage and you give send it out like uh, uh, mortgage it out at a lower inter- interest rate compared to what a bank would give over there. So the bank would give you a 14, 15, but you go for a 10% interest rate. Is that the strategy uh, that, that uh, you and your team are focusing on currently in Belize or or is there a different strategy? Okay, cool. So it's funny you mentioned Sean Ria. Sean Ria is my partner. Oh, wow, okay. okay. Sean Ria is someone I, I know, like and trust, someone I believe in. Uh, I love his mindset. He's a, just one of the coolest dudes I've ever met. Um, so our partnership was based on fostering and nurturing a relationship. Mm-hmm. We basically invested in each other to our own mentorship program so we can learn off each other <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so having said that, what is the strategy there? The strategy there is we bought land and the plan is to buy more plots of land. In fact, Sean is actually there right now buying the whole Island essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, really at the end of the day, um, our, our idea is like we're investors. So if our land, the land that we purchase, and if someone comes up to us and says, Hey, we're going to give you double what you purchased. Well, it's a no brainer. We're going to take it. Mm-hmm. So we're always, the key thing is with any investment, one has to look at multiple exit strategies and which act, exit strategy makes sense. If the market isn't appreciating where we want it to be, or it's not going to flip, then let's build a property on there and create a short-term rental. If the short-term rental and they say, no, you can't do short-term rentals. Okay. Then we have to assess, is it a good rental market? Okay. Right. So is that, so that's, that's the way you have to keep on looking at different things. Can we take the equity from that, pull it out and then lend to other people that want to invest on the Island. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So one has to look at the multiple exit strategies along the way. So for me, it's not, pulling the money from like 15 to 14%. That's what the accountant's job is. That's what my partner's job is. He just has to come and tell me, Hey, Mark, this is what we need to do. And this is why. Okay. I'm not sure if you've noticed, but I don't, I don't really get hung up very quickly on things. Like I I'm, it's all about speed for me. I need 70% of the information to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Like I'll just make a decision and go. And people say, well, that's reckless. I think reckless is not doing anything. Very true. 
Okay. Uh, however, however, as if, if you're a fiduciary and you're using someone else's money with some things, then yeah, I'm not going to say go 70% of things like do like you, it's your fiduciary. Now there's a different lens you have to think about. Right. But, and the other thing as well is when I say 70% of the information, I'm ready to go. 70% of the information, if I have that, I'm ready to go. It's a checkbox. And then it goes to the next person on my team. That's going to be high, like a perfectionist, like an Elizabeth, like someone that has high detail because then they're going to look at making sure, Hey, Mark, I know you said yes, but look what we found. Oh, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Okay. In fact, uh, this afternoon, I'm actually on another mastermind. Uh, his name is Bedros Koulian. Um, so I have to jump on that call this afternoon. I'm really looking forward to it. And, and that was actually one of his books that he actually wrote was actually called Man Up. Um, uh, great book. And it could be, it's for entrepreneurs. It's called Man Up. It could be, I think it's great for women as well, for women entrepreneurs and that kind of stuff. And um, in there, he talks about being you know, the F-14 jet versus the crop duster. Crop duster just goes, does their thing, or you can just be an F-14 and just break things, right? But in that same book, he talks about all he needs is 70% of the information to be where he is today. Got it. Sounds good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Bring, bring Elizabeth back on here. Hey. <laughs> so this question has more to do with gaining capital from other people. Sure. So um, when I decided to refinance my condo to pull out money, it was because I know down the road I want to buy another property, either for myself to live in or as an investment. Um, but in the meantime, this friend of mine from Cashflow Tribe has said, you know, I can take your money for this amount of time and I can invest it and I will pay you X percent while I'm borrowing it. Yep. And I know so many people like my mother, for example, who have tons of equity sitting in their home untouched that could be being used for better things. Yep. If you're not going to other experienced real estate investors and you're going to people that you know personally, mm -hmm. how do you convince them that lending that money is safe? Mm -hmm. And what types of things would you offer up as security against it? Great question. Proof is in the pudding for a lot of people that don't, that they need to see the results. So one has to understand that because I, I have a lot of people around me like that too. And so what I need to do is I need to show what I'm doing, but I do it every, I, you know, nothing is worse than going to someone say changing someone's religion. If this is how they've thought this whole time when it comes to their emotional intelligence to money, um, you could be butting, butting heads. So the best way to tackle that is on what you're doing. So for example, if you're doing private lending, for example, right now with your friend, and let's just say you're making, I don't know, throwing numbers up, CRA, don't go after Elizabeth if this isn't the case, $2,000 a month, for example. And then people are gonna say, wow, you're working, and then look at you, you're going on these vacations, and occupational therapists don't make that much money, like how are you, how are you doing that? Well, yeah, no, I just put my equity to work, and I lent against that and I lend it out and I make money on that money that was sitting as dead equity. It was dead money. Then the questions come up. So your job is not to convince them by telling them what you need to do is show them, show them. So we raise a lot of capital with our projects and how we, people will ask me, Hey, Mark, what do you do? Like, well, you know, we're real estate investing. Oh, what do you do? Oh, we help people make money in real estate investing. And I, and I say, and on purpose, I move very quickly. We help people make money in real estate investing and I move quickly to the next thing. We're doing flips, we're doing this. And on purpose, I'm making it complicated because what I've done is I brought it down to their level. Now I'm going to get very, um, very uh, theoretical here. The brain has three components. We have our crocodile brain. Okay, which is our fight or flight response. That's like our dinosaur brain. Like, okay. Then we have our midbrain. And this is this is actually from Orn class work. Okay, pitch anything. Um, then we have our midbrain, which is going to be our social reasoning and, and that kind of stuff. And then we have our neocortex, which is going to be your problem solving, the higher level thinking. 
someone will come in with the higher level thinking stuff. Oh, yeah, I'm doing wholesales. And then what we do is we take this property, we do this and we do this. I mean, then we make money out. We sell the contractors in assignment form. It's like, yeah, exactly. And your mom and dad are like, like they, 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 their first reaction is, is, do we need to be listening to this or how do we run from here? So what one needs to do is they need, this person is not coming up to here. So you need to bring it down to their level. So by bring it to your level is we help people invest in real estate. We help people make money in real estate. That's easy enough to comprehend. It's either good or it's bad. Then the next question, oh, what do you mean by that? Now the reasoning comes in. And then if they're at the next level and then you can slowly inch them forward. Where I've seen a lot of people fail is they're coming at this level and this person's like, leave me alone. Like. No, like there's alarm bells going up. So in your case, it's going to be proof's going to be in the pudding. It's going to be on showing the work that you're doing. It's going to take a little bit longer, but you'll get there. Okay. So the time investment in just showing them over time is good. <laughs> yeah. And what you do is like friends and family are a great place, but they're going to see it as well. You're going to have some, they're going to say, oh, this is a scam. What did Elizabeth get in this time? She got Tupperware before, then Amway, now she's doing this. What the hell is this, right? There's going to be some people like that, right? Not saying you've done that, but there's going to be people like that, but there's also going to be other people saying, oh, wow, like, look at Elizabeth. Like, there's something about her. She's doing something. Let me ask her what she's doing. Why invest in real estate? Well, how do you invest in real estate? You don't own any properties. You only own your primary residence. Oh, no, no, I have equity and I lend it out and I make money on that. Yeah. You can do that? What do you mean you can do that? Oh, yeah. You can take money from your line of credit if you want to. If you're making 7% on it, paying 7%, you can lend up for 15%. You're still making money on it. What? You can do that? And you can see how it starts. Yeah. And I've asked those questions. I legitimately asked my friend, is this a Ponzi scheme? Like, what, what are you, you know, how can you trust these people? And then the more I get involved with it, I'm like, oh, this all makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. And I think it was because initially he came to me at that high level of information and I hadn't caught up yet. Right. Yeah, so that, that's good advice. And and the next thing you asked about security. What they're investing in, they're investing in you. Because you're the asset. It's not the property. It's not the money being made. It's you because they trust you. How many times has something looks so good to be true? We don't buy it because it's too good to be true because we do not have a rapport or trust in that individual. Mm -hmm. So it's about that relationship. And in Oren Klapp's also book, he says, uh, flip the script. So he has the same thing, which is when you're talking to someone, there's really three doubles you got to be thinking about. So if I'm pitching something, if we're talking, or let's just say I've talked to your friend about what you're doing or your family, it's, they're asking themselves, what's what, like, they're asking for themselves, why them? Why should they care? What's in it for them? And why you? So it's always people are thinking, well, how do I gain from this? How do I gain from this? How do I gain from this? Right. Okay. Okay. Thanks. No problem. Gentlemen. Hey, thanks for that. That was helpful. Like the, uh, like the way you answered that question, like it, it helped. Like I just, because we have the same family members, like same, same scenario. Like we've been trying to convince them to come invest with us, but the same, like, they don't want to because like they like, we don't want like what's the security how do we get get our money back but what you said makes sense like show them and they'll come they'll come and and, 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 and some may never come because they're gonna because they're, it's their own scarcity that oh it's too good to be true it's gonna come down it's gonna come down it's gonna come down like when people saying see i told you the market's gonna crash the market's gonna crash the market's gonna crash mm -hmm. yeah like that that chicken little in us you like, got it <laughs> Right. So now no, this is, this is great, Mark. Like it was very, very helpful. Uh, I helped change our mindset like, quite a bit. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity, Mark. I mean, uh, those were the main questions I, I had mainly. Uh, but yeah, I would love to connect with the wholesaler in New Brunswick. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'll send you a private message for that. Please do. Please do. Elizabeth, do you have any more questions? I do. I have, um, I've got a couple more, but one more main one. Um, you can ask both of them. <laughs> okay. So I'm just scrolling through the, the questions that I wrote out. 
And I'll start with one, a more technical one first and then one on relationships. So at what point in your journey do you decide to register as a business? And at what point do you decide to register as a corporation? And do you have a different corporation for each of your properties and things like that? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, that's a question that comes up all the time from real estate investors. And the correct answer for this, you guys are ready for this? It depends. It depends. Um, I own properties in my personal. I have in my corpse. So the only person that can best answer that for you is going to be your accountant. And that's what the advice that was given to me by Matt McKeever. Because that was the first question. And he asked Matt, Matt McKeever, and of course, everybody knows Matt McKeever, what, what, what are two questions that people will ask me that annoy him the most? Not saying you annoyed me, but just in general. <laughs> Number one is, when, do, when should I incorporate? And two is, uh, can I get that spreadsheet? So, <laughs> so the thing is, talk to your accountant because, again, they're the experts. And uh, I don't want to sound like I'm deflecting that question, but they're going to know best on knowing your tax liability, the the end game what you need to do okay. and if you if you need a great accountant i'd be more than happy to connect you with my accountant who and now going back to who the right accountant is is having an accountant that also invests in real estate mm -hmm. because they understand the game and they're also protecting and making sure they're covered by the tax liability right, right. i will definitely take the name of your accountant after <laughs> that's good i'll send you guys a message for sure okay and then my other question um, comes down to the relationship thing. So there's a quote that I have lived by since I was a teenager. Um, it was Eleanor Roosevelt that mm -hmm. said it. And that's great minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events, and small minds discuss people. Yes. And I'm constantly surrounded by people talking about other people or people mm -hmm. talking about like, this is what we're doing, this is what happened. And it, I struggle so hard to find people, you know, to make connections through work and things like that, that are discussing big ideas. And, you know, I talked about a podcast I was listening to over lunch the other day, and it was about the whole GameStop story and how that all came about. And I was just so fascinated by it. Mm -hmm. And no, it was like, I was talking to a brick wall. Nobody wanted to, to discuss those types of things. So how do you find those relationships outside of going into the different mentorship groups and things like that, how do you build those relationships with people that are talking about big ideas and talking about, you know, different ways to grow their mind and their money and things like that? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. When we go through this mindset shift, I actually did a video on this too on YouTube is the one thing that we have control over right away is the environment that we're in. Okay. It's like there's a Persian proverb that if you have a plant and a plant doesn't grow, you don't get a new plant. You just take that plant and move it to a different environment. So if it's not getting sun, you take the plant and get, move it to get some sun. So think of yourself as that plant. If you're in an environment, you have control over that. You, 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 we as human beings will tether ourselves because it's too easy to do so. So these are things that I've had to do along the way. And it's not easy because as I mentioned before, there's a resistance. I get hit with crap every freaking day. And every day I have to make tough decisions. One of them is, could be something as simple as what music do you listen to in the car? I mean, I, I joke with the kids and I said, I mean, these are role models that will hide heroin and try to get through an airport and that kill them, that die. And these are the, this is the music that we're, the kids are listening to. Those are role models. As far as I'm concerned, that's a bad environment. And I joke with the kids. Like one of them is called, I think, I, I call them juice box and, and bum smoke. Like some of the names anyways. <laughs> okay. But environment, the books you read, the shows we watch, the people we hang out with. Social media is a weapon of mass destruction. There is extreme power in social media but it can create extreme devastation. Purge. I go through a purge on Facebook. I've done a purge on Facebook. I've done a purge on that. 
what I do, if someone starts complaining about the government, hey, that's not my cup of tea. Boom, done, silence, right? So I go through a lot of, um, I go through a lot of these things to protect the environment. Elena Cardone and Grant Cardone. Elena Cardone, she wrote a book, um, was it Empire? I can't remember. She is she controls the moat around Grant Cardone. Anybody that speaks to Grant has to go through her first because she's protecting the palace. Mm -hmm. She's protecting the environment they've worked so hard to protect and build. Okay, so it's about the environment. I understand, Elizabeth. I've had to remove myself from conversation with people. I've actually said, like you know, the old uh, saying, "It's not you, it's me." The the favorite big breakup. No, I actually say it's you, motherfucker. I can't deal with this no more. I can't deal with this. No, it's too negative for me. Yeah, there's enough. There's enough crap in the world. Um, so you have to control that environment. It's gonna. You're gonna make some tough decisions. It's not gonna be easy. But this is your reality, not someone else's reality. You know, and um, I I, I may have shared this on our call together. I call myself the mindset investor, not a real estate investor. And the reason I call, I, I made a, I made a shift. And the reason I made a shift to the real estate investor to a mindset investor is because being a mindset investor, that's the only ROI I have control over. Okay. So as a mindset investor as well, uh, where I'm going with this is I, I heard this the other day and it just still shakes me every time I think about it. I think Kunal and Karn, Karn, uh, Karn may have already heard this. So if don't answer it, if you, I'll, I'll put Elizabeth on the spot here. Where do you think the greatest untapped wealth is in your city? I've already heard the answer to this question. Okay. Too. <laughs> You've heard it. Did I, did I share that with you as well? Yeah. Okay. So folks, brilliant. the the greatest untapped source of potential and wealth, get your, get your notepads out because I know some of you are like, Hey, where's the money? Where's the money? Get your ass to a cemetery. You know how many dreams have been buried six feet under people's wealth untapped potential is sitting six feet under it didn't amass anything and a lot of it was because of the environments they stayed in so folks you have a choice and remember uh I, I, there's a quote by victor frankel and of course it's to be paraphrased which is in his book uh man's search of meaning is it's not the circumstance defines one it's your choice it's one's choice on how they deal with that circumstance that defines them. I'm going to share something with you guys. Um, I did a, a, a podcast with Simmerji. He's uh, one of the top top 10 motivational speakers in India. So you can imagine there's 1.5 billion, billion people in India, and this guy's in the top 10. And we had a great conversation the other day. And I'm just going to bring it up here. I actually have it here as a reminder on my, behind my desk. So I'm going to read it for you guys, okay? So it was written by a poet, and this is actually in Calcutta at one of Mother Teresa's Mother Teresa's um, uh, schools, I guess you could say, or 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 what have you. Okay, uh, right here. People are often unreasonable, irrational, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you'll win some unfaithful friends and some genuine enemies. Succeed anyways. If you are honest and sincere, people may deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. What you spend years creating, others could destroy overnight. Create anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, some may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today will often be forgotten. Do good anyway. Give the best you have, and it will never be enough. Give your best anyway. In the final analysis, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. This is environment right here. This is my reminder of environment. So, Elizabeth, you have the power in your environment. You're the plant. Do you want sunshine or do you want darkness? Definitely sunshine. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, 
I want to say thank you to 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 all of you guys. I, I know it's not easy coming on a live, um, and I appreciate your questions, your willingness to be transparent, um, and everything. And uh, I, I I trust that your phones will be ringing. I'm going to connect you all with the right people. Um, any any final thoughts? Not for me, but thank you so much for your time and your knowledge. I really appreciate it. Anytime, Elizabeth. Yeah, this is very helpful, Mark. Thank you so much for having us here. No problem. And and folks, if you're interested, this is an open invitation. You want to come on my live, you can. Reach out to me on Instagram. Reach out to me on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Tell me you want to come here. Put me in the hot seat. If you have trouble speaking in front of people, that's okay because you're, all you're doing is speaking to me now. You don't have to prepare. You don't you just have to come with the questions. I have to come with the answers. Who has the stress? It's me. I don't know what to expect. Okay. So for all of you, you want to come on this? I know there was a few comments. Erica, I got you. Yeah, we'll get you on. I'll have my assistant reach out to you. And uh, Kanal, Kar, and Elizabeth, I want to say thank you so much for, for your time today. Thank, thank you so much, Mark. Thank you, Mark. No problem.